be sure to check out Loot Crate, a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. Each month, there's a different theme inspired by major movie and video game releases, as well as the top pop culture franchises. Visit LootCrate.com slash RebelForce and use the promo code RebelForce for $3 off any core crate subscription. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio and fans around the galaxy. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7: The Force Awakens, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. I remember when I was sick and would stay home from school, the best I could hope for was, I don't know, reruns of Laverne and Shirley, maybe some Gomer Pyle UMSC. Green Acres. Green Acres, yeah. But now these kids, they can binge watch anything they want, including Star Wars The Clone Wars, which my daughter, who stayed home from school today, with a fever and whatever this nasty flu that's going around she started watching the clone wars i get a text from my wife at work and she said hey where where do you keep your clone wars dvds (laughs) and i said well i don't keep those anywhere because i have blu-ray i don't know where your dvds are so i tech. No, but she. So I text her back. I say, "Well, they're down, in, you know, next to the in the studio, next to the uh, the desk." And I said, "But if, but if you're gonna, st- I knew that it was for Bailey. It, it wasn't for Deborah, but I knew it was for Bailey." I said, "Well, start her with the movie, because that's where we all started." And I know chronologically that's not correct, but can you imagine, Jim? Can you imagine me trying to text my wife the directions to? Okay, here's how you got to get her to watch the Clone Wars, you know, chronologically here. Download this list from the Star Wars dot com blog or whatever. It just would have been a disaster. So I said, just <laughs> grab the movie, watch the movie and then start with disc one and season one. And uh, but I'm happy to report she had a ball. She watched the movie uh, from beginning. My wife even watched it with her. They had a good time talking about stinky and all that she just loved it and then she started she's about four or five episodes deep into uh, season one she's just having a blast she's loving it so, so she watched the clone wars movie yeah which i mean obviously i have to ask the question what did she think about me <laughs> that's right i knew you were <laughs> well you know i the star of the film well i did. <laughs> they were gonna call it star wars episode 3.5 Zero's revenge. <laughs> but then I think, you know, there was some sort of legal arrangement with the Lucas films or something along <laughs> the lines. 
Yeah, how many Lucas films are there? Uh, <laughs> well, there's only one, the one with me in it. Because... Mm. I love when people call it Lucas films. But anyway, I so yeah, about about an hour after I got the sent the text about where to find the movie, I get a, another text from my wife that says, "What's with what's with Jabba's flamboyant uncle?" Well, there's nothing wrong with being a flamboyant hunt, I don't think. I think there's a lot of room for diversity in the Star Wars universe. According to J.J. Abrams, I'll fit right in. Well, you were certainly ahead of your time, Zero, I'll tell you that. But, you know, my heart was only in one place, and that is with Snooty. (laughs) Right. Right, with Snooty. Uh Uh-huh. Loved me some Snooty. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was that was her first uh, her her first reaction having watched it. But anyway, so the Clone Wars lives on, and for those of you who are introducing your kids to Star Wars, you know, through the Force Awakens, and you're branching out into uh, the uh, the prequels and and the Clone Wars, uh, it's 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 tons of fun. And we watched the um, we actually watched the le- the latest episode of Rebels tonight because I have to yell. To my son, anytime there's a Darth Vader sighting, and he comes just, you know, like a bat out of you know what, running into the room. Darth Vader, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. Nice. Yeah, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah. That's canon. That is now canon. (laughs) Darth Vader. It's canon in my house. He's known in some systems as the (laughs) mysterious Darth Vader. I could see that conversation happening in an episode of Rebels or maybe even in Rogue One. There's a mysterious agent for the Empire striking fear among the local population, and he goes by the name of Lord Dart Bader. <laughs> I'm loving this. So we had um, we had a discussion about General Grievous tonight uh, because uh, Parker didn't find him scary at all. He said he's a chicken. Well, you know, that was... He reaction. goes, Dada, he runs away. He runs away, Dada. He does, he's the chicken. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a chicken, and he does run away a lot. But, um, you know, we were set up to, to think that Grievous was going to be this fearsome warlord as he was portrayed in the Clone Wars micro-series, the Gendy Tartakovsky right, Clone right. Wars. And the way he was portrayed there was vastly different than the way he was portrayed in Revenge of the Sith. But I still... I still maintain that uh, Grievous is a uh, he's at least a formidable villain. Um, but I agree with uh, with the little man that he is a chicken. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Darth Vader is his first entry into Star Wars villainy. I love it. And, he, you know, the, the other ones just aren't aren't uh, they're not matching up um, or measuring up. But I, he is so psyched to see Kylo Ren. You know, he has not seen episode seven yet. And with the big news that was just announced today, the official uh, street date for the Blu-ray and the um, the digital release, uh, we've got it on our calendar. He um, he's so excited to see episode seven, and I am too. By the way, we've already started the show. Uh, if, if to make sure you're in the right place, this is Rebel Force Radio for the week of March fourth, two thousand sixteen, and we're we're glad that you found us. And if you're new to the program, my name's Jason, and with me, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. A.K.A. Dart Bader. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fan. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, sinking my teeth into Star Wars. I've been doing it all week long. I got hooked on an app game, Star Wars Uprising. It came out uh, about a month or so before the release of The Force Awakens. And uh, I finally gave it a, a test ride. And I'm having a lot of fun playing it. 
Now, what, what's I, the concept with this? Um, you go on missions. Uh, well, who are you? Are you what, what you era? Are, you are well. It's um, it's following the destruction of Death Star Two, and uh, oh no, kidding! So this yeah. is post Jedi, right? And it's based in the Anoit system. And the reason you would say, I know that system, the Anoit system, is because I know uh, it. <laughs> it's a system that was uh, mentioned when Han was uh, looking at the, uh, the space charts during uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, remember, he was having that conversation with Leo, and they were looking for a place uh, uh, to use as refuge. Um, and she says, uh, well, where are we right now? And Han says, the Anoa'i system. And she goes, oh, the Anoa'i system, there's not much there. Oh, so it, is that true? Well, uh, no, there's a few things there. <laughs> um, there's a guy named Happy Dap, who is this uh, sort of mafioso and uh, a gangster. And uh, you hook up with him in this cantina, and then he sends you on various missions to find supplies or a, a ship someone stole from him, etc. But I've gotten to the point now where I've advanced so far into the game, I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, it's gotten too complicated for me, and I find myself eating oh. <laughs> missions. It's outgrown so, you? Yeah, so if anyone has any uh, insider tips to give me for the Star Wars Uprising app, I'd really appreciate it. I've also spent the week getting caught up on the uh, Marvel Comics uh, just uh, recently read the, the two annuals for Star Wars and for Darth Vader. And uh, also I, I read a, a great book that Disney Publishing sent both of us, Jason, a book called uh, – it's a young reader's novel called uh, Ray's Story. And it's just um, basically a retelling of the events in The Force Awakens told from Ray's perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's fun. It's just a quick read. Like I said, it's, it's written for young readers. And so I just flew through it. But uh, – it, it did sort of provide me with just another perspective when I'm looking at The Force Awakens just to kind of get into Ray's head maybe a little more. Uh, it, it helps out. It's a, it's a good book. And so I appreciate Disney uh, Lucasfilm Books for sending it to us. And uh, and I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, when it showed up, you said right away. Um, oh, Bailey was all over it. Bailey's going to. Yeah. yeah, she's going to. Yeah, I know. She's going to she's going to hit that this weekend for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So been keeping busy with Star Wars uh, this week, definitely. And uh, so happy with with all the news that's been coming out lately for Episode 8, while still wondering how does Rogue One fly under the radar so much? You know, I mean, think about where we were this time last year as we were anticipating the release of Episode 7. We were looking forward to the next trailer. We were getting a lot information about uh you know there's a lot of rumors flying around out there about the plot and stuff definitely definitely not that kind of buzz for rogue one it's not and it's funny i don't know if that's by design or if that's because you know i i mean you could say yes episode eight is is eating rogue one's lunch so to speak but i, I still think that episode seven is just casting such a huge shadow over Star Wars, you know, that we're still in the afterglow of this movie. And now today with the announcement that it's going to be hitting uh, uh, Blu-ray and uh, digital in early April, uh, you know, I think that it's, it, you know, it's still resonating with people. I, I mean, I would dare say, I mean, yes, episode eight, I think because we are, you know, who we are and what we do, we're plugged into that. But I don't know if you just went up to the stranger on the street and said, hey, did you hear that they're shooting... Episode 8 in Croatia, and there are photos. I don't think that they, they would know it. 
No, no. It, so I think it, it's all kind of flying under the radar. No, leave that to the hardcore fan. But um, but Rogue One, yeah, there's definitely mm. some some layers of uh, mystery around that, and I hope it's not just because of the fact that it's not uh, it's not one of the episodic episodes. Yeah. And, you know, because w- when I look at the way that films get rolled out and the hype that surrounds them, sometimes you can gauge what the audience and box office performance is going to be like, just simply based on the hype. And um, gosh, I don't want Rogue One to be thought of as any sort of redheaded stepchild in the Star Wars universe. Um, And I think that with some recent information that has come out this week, um, it might actually set my, you know, everyone's fears to rest if anyone actually has any fears about Rogue One. I, I think it's a very compelling concept, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Rogue One. You know, to your point, Jim, when we think about where we were a year ago, uh, or a year out from The Force Awakens, we'd already seen uh, a, a full teaser trailer. And it, going back to Celebration, we saw that motion poster, I believe is what they called it. And everybody was asking themselves why that wasn't dropped to StarWars.com, why we, had, why, we didn't, why we didn't see it. And there were these rumors circulating about the, the Mission Impossible movie and some sort of agreement that Disney had reached with Paramount about whether, you know, how long that they would wait to uh, start promoting Rogue One because they didn't want it to confuse yes. people with, uh, what was it, Rogue Mission? Rogue Nation. Rogue the, Nation, yeah. The Mission Impossible sequel which i believe jj abrams was an executive producer he was so there was there was that kind of talk um and of course that movie has come and gone and it's you know a total afterthought and yet we still haven't seen that motion poster which was a really really cool teaser i mean it was uh um i mean everybody just went wild i remember we we didn't see it up until the the last day yeah we didn't see it at all i mean you know, my brother described it to us because he was in the room. Right, right. With Gareth and uh, then producer of the uh, other standalone film, uh, Josh Trank. Remember that name? Yeah, right. <laughs> Good old Josh yeah. Trank, who signed, sealed, and delivered his Hollywood fate with Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, so, he was supposed to be at the uh, Fan Film Awards and. Yeah, we got stood up. Yeah, we. I guess we should have known something was up there. Yeah, I mean, well, show to that. I mean, God, you you don't show up to the fan film awards when we're hosting. Yeah, yeah, something's wrong. I mean, just to see us in tuxedos alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, so we knew that something serious had happened to Josh Trank. I think you know. I, I thought at first he heard who the hosts were for the fan films o- awards, and he said, "Well, I'm out of here." Uh, upon- well, maybe that's what did him in completely. Yeah, like, that was it. He's like, "I'm done with Star Wars." Not just not just celebration. I'm done with the whole thing. Let these bozos in here. Watch me self destruct. No, you're right. You're right. We did. Why? I I, I had this memory. I, I made this up. This memory of watching the Rogue One uh, teaser on the stage at closing ceremonies. But they were and they that, that it didn't happen. They were going to play it. Yes. And then at the uh, at the last minute, they realized they didn't have the right projector or the right tech gear or whatever. To play it, so we didn't, but we, I saw it on YouTube, and uh, I remember, I think we were back at the hotel or somewhere, we were, but yeah, that's right, Billy Mac gave us the uh, the, the blow-by-blow, because he was there for that presentation, and he saw it, and um, I mean, it was just, it was so effective, and has done so well, I'm just, uh, it's it's very, very odd that we've not 
not just not seen that, let alone you know seen a uh, a, 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 a teaser. Uh, the rumors about the teaser, I think, have started to surface about what we might see it with. Uh, oh, what's the big Marvel movie coming out in May? No, I'm sorry. We we might see it with. Are we going to see it with Batman v Superman? Is that what the rumor was? Well, that's possible. I mean, you know, uh, nowadays I find Jason that you don't really attach a trailer onto a feature film. It seems like the way that trailers get released nowadays are online uh, via big some hullabaloo or um, or uh, you know on. A TV show or a, a big event like when the Force Awakens full trailer was released on during Monday Night Football. You know, they like to tie it in so they can right. get maximum exposure and potentially ratings. Um, gosh, it seems like whenever the trailers then make their debut, you see them online first. And then they're, they're tacked on to just about any movie you could go to that weekend at the theater. So I don't necessarily think it's it's it has to do with the studio or the distributor as much as it used to in the old days. Because I know I certainly saw the Superman v. Batman trailer 500 times when I went to go see The Force Awakens. It was always tacked on there. So it's not like a Marvel versus DC thing when it comes to Disney properties being screened in movie theaters. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it it doesn't. But um, even though the release online happens prior to you know the, the it being out in the theaters, they usually I, I think that it is timed to a big release. And and I and given the fact that there's the whole Disney Lucasfilm, or excuse me, the the whole Marvel. Lucasfilm connection via Disney. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I end up, but you know those those rumors they come and go, and you know as soon as it they, they come out, there's another one that replaces it. So I would assume that we have to be seeing something soon. Um, who knows? I mean, there could be. How do we know there might not be something on the uh, the Force Awakens uh, Blu-ray? There could be a. There could be. There could a be. A Rogue One something on there. We don't know. And uh, with the digital releases, they have the ability to add bonus content after the release. Uh, so who knows? But it is curious that we haven't seen something new. It's even more curious that we haven't seen the old thing in an official capacity. Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought that would have been out there by now for sure. But it just hasn't been released for whatever yeah. reason. The mysteries of Star Wars marketing. Well, you know, I mean, that, gosh, think of it this way. That motion poster was put together and released before they had shot a single scene of Rogue One. So how do we know that the tone that was being established in that teaser is the tone that they ended up with in the movie? We don't know. There could be something going on there that it just doesn't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. But it sure was impactful. It sure was. All right, we got headlines coming up. But uh, first, I want to tell you about our friends at Loot Crate, the monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. We told you about them a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jim, I'm still uh, digging out from my face hugger alien. <laughs> well, you have to remove it from your face. Oh, especially oh. when you drive. I'm surprised they didn't put a warning on that. <laughs> 
do not drive with the face hugger. But it's a great value. It is a great value. For less than 20 bucks a month, you get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and much more. And you have until the 19th of the month at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive that month's crate. But here's the thing. When the cutoff happens, it's over. That stuff is no longer available. So you want to make sure you get on your horse and ride as fast as you can to lootcrate.com slash rebelforce and enter code rebelforce to save 10% on any new subscription. You know what Loot Crate's like? It's like that friend who yeah. knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. Do you know who that friend is for me? Who's that? Myself. <laughs> it's like a convention showing up in a box at your doorstep every month. Jason, Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. It's an event. It is. It is. For 20 bucks a month, you're going to get $40 in value out of every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. And every month there's a different theme. All of the items in the box are curated around that theme. The themes are inspired by major movie and video game releases, as well as pulling from pop culture franchises we all know and love throughout the history of pop culture. I mean, last month we got Space Invader collectibles. That well, brought- it was all X-Files. It, it, well, it was all Space Invasion. Sort oh, yeah. So it was a broader theme. It was the Space Invasion. So you had X-Files. You had Alien. And you had Space Invaders. And uh, any any nod to the classic Space Invaders franchise brings out the 70s kid in me. And uh, previous franchises featured in Loot Crate have been uh, Star Wars, of course, Marvel, The Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda, and so many more. So get over to LootCrate.com slash RebelForce, enter the code RebelForce, and save 10% on any new subscription. Loot Crate! I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. Well, good golly, it's finally here. Well, not quite, but the announcement is. We've been wondering, I don't know, since December 19th, when we were going to get Star Wars on home video, and it's official. It came from the mouth of none other than Bob Iger himself at the 2016 uh, Walt Disney Company's annual meeting of shareholders. This wasn't one of those quarterly uh, conference calls that Jimmy Mack manages to find himself on. This was uh, actually the annual meeting, and Rebel Force Radio microphones were there. This is Bob Iger making the big announcement that Star Wars The Force Awakens is coming home. Now, as you know, we started an exciting new era of Star Wars in a big way with the global phenomenon The Force Awakens. Thank you. They better applaud for that. It is the first film in history to exceed $900 million in domestic box office, and it has surpassed $2 billion worldwide, more than doubling the last Star Wars movie, which was released 10 years ago. So clearly the force is with us. Kind of a bad pun. But okay. Today I'm happy to announce that fans around the world will soon be able to own the epic movie Force Awakens, And I hope our shareholders here today kept the package that we gave you this morning because in addition to the special posters that were in it, there is a special code that allows you to download the movie for free on digital HD or Disney movies anywhere. 
the minute it is available, and that's on April 1st. I want that. That's the news. April 1st, we're making it available for all of you. No April Fool's joke. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens will be released in digital HD Friday, April 1st, 2016, five days prior to its release on Blu-ray Combo Pack and DVD on Tuesday, April 5th, 2016. Now, Jim, this is nothing new. This has been... Uh, uh, sort of the way that these um, home video releases have been going. I, I was talking to you yesterday and said, you know, I had Spectre on uh, on a digital HD through iTunes a good almost three weeks, uh, if not longer, before it was actually released in a physical media. So uh, actually, this one is a little bit um, the, the the schedule's a little bit tighter here. So a drop of the digital format on the April first, and then. In the uh, in the physical media on April fifth. Now this is the thing, right? This is the tough part. What do you do? I mean, I know what my answer is, but what do you do? Because you know that when you buy it on Blu-ray combo pack, you're gonna get a Blu-ray disc. You might get a DVD, but you know for sure you're gonna get that that code for the digital download. So what do you do? Do you are you patient and you wait, or do you end up buying it twice? You buy it twice. You buy it twice. <laughs> well, I think people who listen to this show buy it twice. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that five days, that might as well be five years. <laughs> Seriously. It's so true. And, so you know, true. But, I mean, something tells me that you'll still be seeing The Force Awakens in many theaters and multiplexes by the time this Blu-ray or digital HD release comes out in April. I. Something tells me it's still going to be out there in the theaters. So uh, that's always the awkward moment, you know, where you have to. It's almost like breaking up with an old girlfriend. Sorry, I'm not going to see it in the theaters anymore. I'm going to see it at home. And then, you know, the cinematic release is like, well, what about me? I'm still here. Right, but right, you say, right, right. what about you? About $1 billion domestically. I'm not worried about you anymore. <laughs> so, so you have a It's a breakup. It's a breakup. And it, it can be a little harsh. But uh no, no, you're, you're, you're taking your date home with you, and that date happens to be Star Wars The Force Awakens coming home on April 1st. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it early on Digital HD, and hopefully we will record the commentary with Sam ASAP. Now, Jason, are you aware of the fact that certain outlets or stores like Target are going to be releasing unique versions of the film? Or actually, I shouldn't say the film, but of the the home video release. Well, the package, uh, the packaging. You mean more than just packaging? Target is going to have a bonus disc featuring an additional twenty minutes of material. Uh, what I believe is uh, interviews, primarily with cast and crew. I, and I think Best Buy is doing a steel book. If you want to talk about mm-hmm. the packaging, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people desire because. Within the last year, we saw both the prequel and original trilogy be released in that steelbook packaging. You know, so- the packaging, I don't really mind, I'll tell you, because if that's your thing, you know, go for it. Go and, you know, the, for the collector in me appreciates the fact that some are interested in the various, you know, uh, types of packaging. But what really, really galls me, and they do this with um, movies and they also do it with music releases, is this. Uh, well, you got to buy it at Target because they've got a bonus song, you know, on the album, or two bonus songs, and then you got to go to Best Buy because they've got a, another bonus song. 
it's completely I know why they do it it's baiting and all that but it's just so frustrating and I think really shady I'll be honest with you I hate that hate that hate that hey don't make me chase my tail and run around and buy four different copies at four different retailers so that I can get all that material make the material available all of it in one place either either online or um you know make all the the releases the same uh i this is one of my least favorite practices of movie releases in fact paramount got into some big trouble with fans with uh i believe it was star trek into darkness they really really took this uh far and had half a dozen different versions at half a dozen different retailers and in order to collect all of the bonus features, and I'm not just talking about little incidentals, I mean big things that you just sort of take for granted, like commentaries, commentary tracks, you had to go around and buy multiple copies at multiple retailers, and the fans really, really pushed back, and Paramount ended up sending uh, folks with a, you know, if you did a proof of purchase, uh, a disc that had all of the bonus features. So they, they had to walk it back. So I, Disney needs to be looking at that. Well, maybe that established a, t- a trend, too, or it killed a trend. And uh, perhaps uh, Blu-ray marketers, home video marketers, uh, you know, I have learned their lesson from that. But it doesn't surprise me. It's Star Trek Into Darkness. It seems like the fan base uh, revolted against just about anything having to do with that film. Oddly enough, a film that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> and I know wow. I'm, I'm peeing off people like big time by saying that. But- Even me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I sat there in the theater and I watched it and I thought it was enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, uh, I mean, if you never saw Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, well, that you weren't of, even conscious of it. That, 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 that weird crossover was a little silly. You know, the, silly. the whole mirror image of, of Wrath of Khan was, was probably a, a bad move. It was but, like bizarro Wrath of Khan, you know? I mean, that, it was like Wrath of Khan with a goatee. That's what it was. Um, but, hey, I am psyched about the bonus features on Force Awakens, particularly yeah. the fact, Jim, you probably saw the same thing or got excited about the same thing I did, is a uh, Star Wars, the, For- the Secrets of the Force Awakens, a cinematic journey, a, a, a documentary, like a full-length documentary. I'm hearing sources tell me that this is uh, maybe an hour, a little over an hour. The Perfect. whole story behind the making of The Force Awakens, in-depth footage, exclusive interviews with the actors and filmmakers in the feature documentary. And you and I have, uh, you know, we've talked about through the years that w- since uh, Star Wars have, films have been released on um, uh, DVD and Blu-ray formats. We've talked about the merits of some of the various bonus features. And you and I were both big fans of that Episode One documentary. Of course. Because it's just, it's just it is what it is. It's a great hour-plus-long documentary that takes you from sort of beginning to end of the, the, the whole making of that film. And then they kind of drilled down with episode two. There was the puppets to pixels. And, and then with episode three, there was like, you know, 60 seconds in the life of, you know, five frames of film or whatever it was. And it just kind of got a little too uh, micro for me. But it sounds like this is more along the lines of that episode one doc. Absolutely it is. And I think it'll be much more straightforward. Um, yeah, look, really looking forward to hearing, seeing this because, of course, we know that the making of book that we expect to accompany every Star Wars film, we're not going to be seeing that until the middle of fall this year. It's, it's going to be 
an autumn release. And so we're still left with several months between now and then where uh, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of questions about how this film was made, how certain decisions came down. What was George Lucas's absolute involvement with this? I was just going to ask you if you thought that any of that was going to be covered in any of this official behind-the-scenes stuff. What do you think? I think so. I I think sooner or later, I mean, all that stuff is going to come to the surface. Instead of getting it all at once, though, I think we're going to be getting a piecemeal. We've learned a little bit from the art of book. I expect we'll learn a little bit more in this documentary and a little bit more when the, the making of book eventually is released. Unless George, of course, appears on 60 Minutes again and starts spilling his guts, <laughs> which could very well happen. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I, I actually, there's a, did you see the trailer for the, the home video release? I did. I did. Yeah. So there's, there's some, um, you get a glimpse of some of this stuff that's in the trailer. And the one thing that jumped out at me was, uh, of course, you know, filming the, the entrance of Han and Chewie and they cut away to JJ and he's just like a kid in a candy store, you know, bringing that moment to life. And, uh, I wonder too, Jim, if they'll cover, uh, Harrison Ford's injury. I don't suspect we'll see video of it, even though we know the whole thing's on film. I'm pretty sure. I think they were rolling or were they rehearsing? I can't remember which, but uh, even rehearsals, I think they run some tape. I would say the odds are great that they captured that wonderful moment on film, but whether or not it's going to be exposed and exploited in this documentary, I'm leaning towards not simply for the fact that we know there is some sort of litigation going on right now, I believe, between uh, the U.K. Actors Union and the filmmakers, the, uh, the production company itself. There is, uh, there is some litigation in the courts going on right now seeking compensation. I don't think that this is anything that's actually being pursued by Harrison himself but it's being pursued uh, on behalf of U.K. actors. Yeah, I think it's a union thing. It's a union thing, exactly. I don't have all the the details right in front of me, but I I do know that there is something in the works. So uh, in no way, shape, or form do I think uh, any sort of uh, visual representation of Harrison's injury is going to be featured. I think they're going to reenact it with action figures. (laughs) Reenact it? I do. I (laughs) Don't give those action figures to Harrison because he'll rip the heads off of them like he did on the, uh, I think it was the Jimmy Kimmel show. They gave him $200 Han Solo. Hot toys. He just ripped it to shreds. And and so swiftly. It was was amazing. So um, (laughs) there's, there's some sort of psychological evaluation that we can apply to that happening, but we won't right now because it'll take up the rest of the show. But uh, I think Harrison was definitely, uh, there was some sort of cathartic moment there for him as he completely uh, mutilated a Han Solo action figure on national television. But uh, Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but also, uh, the, this one I think is going to be really fun. The story awakens the table read. Cast members familiar and new reflect on the memorable day. They all first came together to read the movie script. And, uh, Jim, I'm hoping that they've got footage of the actual table read. We saw that that iconic photo, the black and white photo. Uh, but it wouldn't it be great to actually see video of that momentous day? 
Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're going to be seeing with this bonus feature. Uh, very much looking forward to it. The table read happened on the day that the cast was announced, and we got that black and white picture of the main cast sitting around in a circle on a sound stage at Pinewood, announcing, you know, that accompanied the announcement. The story, the table read happened uh, perhaps in that circle. I believe it did. I think that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they were doing because you see, there are some of the actors paging through the script when that that you know some of them are, are talking. But I definitely know Peter Mayhew was staring at the script because, of course, his lines are so difficult to learn. So he wanted <laughs> he wanted to get a head start on it. You know. Well, you know what? I'm I'm looking at the photo right now, and I guess we probably should have realized something's up because Mark Hamill doesn't have a script. <laughs> that that does explain a lot. Yeah. Yes, somebody, somebody just ran out a page to him when it, be, it got to the end of the film. But I do have to tell you that <laughs> he doesn't have a script. I mean, <laughs> I'm just noticing this for the first time. That's funny. Uh. But I got to tell you that I know Mark eventually did get the full script that day because he served as narrator for the entire table read. So you know it's got to be as entertaining as hell to have <gasps> Mark Hamill. How did, I didn't hear that. Is that true? Yes. Yes, oh, it wow. is. Yes, it is. I got the inside scoop, bro. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, I mean, yeah, who better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know that Mark probably, I mean, he really hammed it up in the right moments and then probably added quite a sense of gravitas to other moments because he's so flexible when it comes that way, especially everyone knows his vocal performances are brilliant, you know, in the years that he's been portraying characters and uh, things like the regular show and, of course, the Joker, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't do a Joker voice. Oh, you did a Harley Quinn and a, a darn good one, too. That's right. Thanks, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I am looking uh, at uh, a story here on Screen Rant, and uh, uh, Jim, as you said, the Target version has the 20 minutes of bonus content, including never-before-seen interviews with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, and a deeper look at the movie's costumes and weaponry, uh, as well as um, exclusive packaging. Walmart has the um, an exclusive BB-8, and I've seen the photo of this. I love the BB-8 packaging. It's, it's really cool. That's, that's the one the kids want, I tell you that. Uh, and then an exclusive Star Wars Galactic Connections trading disc. Uh, finally, Best Buy, um, no different uh, content, but the, uh, the Steelbook packaging. So really, all right, before I, go, you know, be, before I get all the emails saying, Jason, you know, chill out, it's only Target that has the, uh, the uh, bonus content. So I guess if I really want that bonus content, I can buy it at Target. Right. So so shut up, Jason. Shut up. <laughs> so uh, uh, one of our uh, loyal RFR listeners, Victor, put a poll up on the uh, official Rebel Force Radio Facebook group page, which, by the way, has become my favorite place on the Internet, let me just say. When it comes to Star Wars discussions, what a great group of folks that we have there at the uh, official Facebook group. You, if you're not part of this scene, you got to go there and jump on board because it's Rebel Force Radio listeners talking about Star Wars. And it's just a lot of respect going on there and a lot of fun, most importantly. So Victor puts up a poll. Which version of the Force Awakens home video release are you getting? 
Target exclusive packaging plus 20 minutes of extra features. Best Buy exclusive steelbook. Digital HD download. And Walmart exclusive BBA packaging. Jason, you want to uh, guess as to what the number one choice is of members of the Rebel Force Radio official Facebook group? I have not seen the poll, so uh, this is truly a guess. I'm actually going to go with the BB-8 packaging. Wow, very interesting. Your insight does not serve you well. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, so it's the bonus footage, the bonus content, right? Target, it's, it's, yeah. The okay. Target exclusive release is number one. Oh, by a long shot. I'm by- looking at it now. Uh, number two is the Best Buy exclusive steelbook. Number three, digital HD download. Number four, very last, bottom of the barrel, BB-8, Walmart huh? exclusive BB-8. Pack. Well, maybe that's more of an indictment on Walmart than it is the actual uh, product. I mean, I hate going to Walmart. Yeah, this I is. I tell you, I'd rather go to Target fifty times in one day than go to Target or Walmart once. Well, you know, the packaging and the, the 20 minutes of extra features is really hard to beat in my because yeah. content is king. Yeah. Content is king. Now, for me, I, I, I have not taken part of this poll yet, but I certainly plan on jumping on board with the Target release for sure. But I'm also going to get the digital HD download, so you can put me down for two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting that. And I, I have to tell you, you know, Jim, there was a time when – and I reached this point – with music, um, and I remember exactly when it was. I mean, I, for so long, I was like, I don't want, I don't want the digital music. I want the disc. I want the the, the booklet. I want to, you know, want to put it on my shelf. And then um, all of a sudden, I just started getting kind of lazy about it, and was listening to more music on my phone. And I just all of a sudden, uh, there was a probably you know for me it was like michael buble right or something like that was coming out and i'm like i'm just gonna download it i'm just gonna go to itunes and download it and and i i but i remember saying to myself i will never feel this way about movies i'm always gonna want the physical you know the 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 disc and the case and the whole thing uh but i'll tell you with very few exceptions i'm totally okay with just getting the movie on digital because um it really does feel like putting in a disc only you don't have to put in a disc i mean there's a menu there's bonus features now i mean the itunes experience on the apple tv is just is is fantastic it really is great but for james bond and star wars i will buy both yeah you're a collector i'm a collector and i mean you do deal with compression issues you do you do yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you know they say hd and everything but still you can tell a difference. The thing is, though, is now nowadays we have the the portable technology, the pads, the iPhones. You know, so many different ways to watch the film. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't really pop a disc into an iPad. So, it's great to have that digital download for pure convenience. Back in you know in the old days, or I should even say the old days, pretty much now, um, I would buy both. DVD and Blu-ray. So I would guarantee the fact that I could watch it on any computer in my house, any TV in my house. But now with digital downloads, I, it just makes it too convenient. It's too hard to resist. Once you have that digital download, you can watch Star Wars anywhere. You can oh, watch yeah. you know, the movie of your choice anywhere you want. I'm down with both. You know, any way that it's just easier for me to kick back and watch Star Wars, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
I'm going to do it. I still, believe it or not, I haven't bought the digital downloads for the uh, original trilogy or the prequels yet. Oh, no kidding. No, no, I'm going to come around on that one. I have to. <laughs> yeah, because you have, you have, I mean, Star Wars releases on home video. I mean, that has sort of been the, uh, the bellwether for when you need to you know, change it up. Yeah, right, exactly. You haven't adopted new medium, a new medium unless Star Wars is on it. And I feel bad because I have done digital downloads, but I have not done a digital download of a Star Wars film. So I think we're, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually witnessing the first instance in my life where Star Wars did not motivate my upgrade to new technology. Going back to the VHS, my very first purchases were Star Wars in nature. The very first VHS tape I ever owned, I couldn't own Star Wars because we got the VHS in 1979. And it was the size of a Cadillac sitting (laughs) on top of our bookcase i mean i think it eventually contributed to the collapse of that bookcase those are the old top loaders yeah oh my oh yeah and when you press the eject button it would be like spring you know it was spring loaded it would shoot up so loud so like if you wanted to change and watch a movie in the middle of the night you'd hit that thing it'd wake everyone up everybody it was was just insane so, you know, and then the days happen. The technology advanced to where we'd, like, open up a little bit slower. and slower. Right. It was a smoother ride. But, yeah, you'd hit that button. Boing! And so uh, I, I pop in the, uh, the tape of the making of Star Wars. The uh, ABC special was released on home video, and it was the very first legitimate Star Wars home video release you could purchase. And that was my very first VHS. And I still own that VHS, and it plays beautifully. I mean, oh, it's so good. You know, narrated by uh, William Conrad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, uh, you know, awesome. Later releases, they, they switched. For some reason, there was some kind of legal problem with that special. So they brought in uh, Don LaFontaine in a world. He was the guy who then narrated it, but it was originally narrated by William Conrad. First ever videotape I ever owned. I bought my DVD player the day Star Wars The Phantom Menace came out in 2000. Uh, Or maybe it was even later than that. It could have been more like 2002. Because remember, Lucas was holding off on the DVD releases. He wanted to do a giant box set following the release of Revenge of the Sith. And that would be his entrance into the DVD world of technology. But he realized that so many people were pirating (laughs) DVDs of The Phantom Menace, he had to put it out. Right, And his his buddy Francis Coppola put out the Godfather trilogy on DVD. And that was, uh, I think that was the moment when George realized he was going to go ahead and do that for Star Wars 2. It lit the fire under his butt. I believe that George didn't jump into DVD sooner because he believed that there was going to be another technology beyond DVD, and he was holding off for that. Maybe he was speculating Blu-ray. Maybe he was speculating digital high-def download. But I think he was holding on. I didn't think he thought DVD would last as long as it has. Well, DVD, I, I think we have to look back at DVD as a... Well, no, let me take it back. I think we have to look back at Blu-ray as a transitional format, really. I don't, I mean, I, yes, Blu-ray, I, I don't want to say that it hasn't been commercially successful because it has, 
but it hasn't been around as long as I don't feel like it's been around as long as DVD was prior to Blu-ray coming into uh, the mix. Um, and so, and Blu-ray, as it started really gaining some steam, it was then kind of competing with, with digital downloads. But uh, Jim, as far as the, the convenience factor, it's amazing. I mean, uh, if you're, you know, if you're into either the Google ecosystem or like I'm into the, the Apple, Apple ecosystem, you know, no matter what, you know, I can be at work, I can be in the car, I can be at home. If I've got a screen in front of me and it's got that Apple logo on it, I can watch Star Wars whenever I want. And it's pretty cool. Bing, bam, boom. Yeah. Um, let's, um, you know, you can you can read all about the, the, the features, the bonus features. Don't want to uh, belabor the point, but it is very, very exciting, um, the rundown I, of... You know, I do want to belabor one thing. Wait, what would you like to belabor? Well, if if we look closely at this uh, this incredible uh, press release, we do see deleted scenes. Yeah, yeah. deleted scenes. Right. Uh, what could that be? That's um, what I want to speculate on. What could that be? Now we know one for sure. There's a, a sequence where Kylo Ren and the snowtroopers board the Millennium Falcon as it had crash-landed at Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is following Kylo committing the patricide, killing Han Solo. No. No, it it's, is not. Oh, it isn't. No, and I'll tell you why. The only reason I know this is because in that trailer... He's still wearing the mask. He's still wearing the mask, and he the, they, the, the camera cuts to him kind of a close-up, and he says, Solo. Like so- he senses you know, where, where Han is. I believe that. So I think it's before. I believe that deleted scene leads to Kylo actually walking around the Falcon and then going into the cockpit and having like a moment in there. Mm. So that's that one we know for sure. Have you heard of any other deleted? Well, scenes? I'm I'm assuming that we're going to see that um, Maz Kanata handing off the lightsaber to Leia. I think we're going to see maybe a little bit more of the whole of, of, of Maz's journey. You know, at one point, I think they actually even filmed it. Uh, Maz accompanies the crew back to um, the uh, the resistance base. I don't know how far we're going to go with that, um, but I do know there was a scene shot in the dungeon at Maz's castle that extends the scene where she's talking to Han. She gives Finn the, the saber and then the castle rumbles and she goes those beasts or whatever she says oh yeah right right they're here those they're beasts he- <laughs> so uh, I, after yeah. that following that han maz and finn encounter stormtroopers raiding the castle and maz actually displays some force ability so she has more than oh. just force sensitivity uh-huh, uh-huh. she actually has the ability to to use the force. So um, I think that's going to expand what we understand about her character a little more. So that's two of the potential seven deleted scenes we might see on this. I also heard about a uh, snow speeder chase that happened with uh, Ray and Finn at Starkiller Base. I've also heard about follow-up on Poe Dameron's crash landing on Jakku. We don't see Poe until he reappears in his black X-Wing raiding uh, Takadona 
and uh, fighting off the Imperials that have gathered there at Mazda Castle. Uh, we don't see him till then, but apparently there was a lot of footage shot with Oscar Isaac walking the sands of Abu Dhabi, finding transport to get him off planet. So we mm. sort of follow him. And so we realize that he had survived. But as the film was edited, we're seeing everything from Finn's perspective the whole way through, pretty much. And we think that Poe is dead until he gets reintroduced into the the film. But actually, there was stuff shot with him on Jakku. So that's four of the potential seven deleted scenes. Could there be an extended version of Ray's vision? That's the one that intrigues me. Because we know, according to the novelization, there's more to that vision than what we see on the screen. Yeah, in fact, we had a story here. I don't know if I, if I still have it. But that um, there was footage from that left on the cutting room floor that the, there was a reenactment of the Cloud City duel. Um, on Bespin. And we, you know, I remember going back to when the first wave of Force Awakens figures was announced and it included a Bespin Luke and a Vader. And the conventional wisdom was, oh, well, yes, those are two very popular characters and Hasbro always wants to have a Vader on the shelves. That's right. And, and Luke. But, you know, we talked about at the time, Jim, I don't know if you remember, but we speculated, could we be seeing a flashback? Where we see, we knew that Luke's lightsaber from The Empire Strikes Back figured into this. So we thought, well, would, is there a possibility there would be a forceback or a flashback to that duel? Uh, and apparently, not only was that an idea, according to this story, it was filmed and uh, later, later cut. But it was a part of an extended version of that dream sequence that you're talking about. Whether or not that'll be part of the deleted scenes, who knows? Well, so we'll put that on the list of the potential seven. Uh, so we're up to five. Um, could there be some earlier sequences with Ray on Jakku? I believe we do see Ray return to her her ad at laying on its side house. Uh, she returns with BB-8, and they spend the night together. I, I'm, I'm not making this up. I mean, that sounded weird. But, you know, they yeah, do, yeah. you know, after she, she gets, she acquires BB-8 from that Tito, they go back to the, the Adad house of hers and uh, wait for uh, daybreak the next day for, to go into Jakku. So there could be a little bit of that. Hmm. Um, what else? Oh, of course. Apparently... Uncar Plutt tracks down the Millennium Falcon to Takedona. And Uncar himself appears at Maz's castle and confronts Ray, or attempts to. But Chewbacca steps in, and we finally get to see the Wookiee rip the arms out of the sockets. And it happens to Uncar Plutt. Well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I'll <laughs> so tell you that. So that's six of the potential seven. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, if any of those, any one of those are true, um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, it, it makes me wonder sometimes in a, in a movie like Star Wars where canon is so important, you know, will they 
do they take that into account? Do they release deleted scenes that could in any way contradict the story in some way? Mm-hmm. Uh, an element, you know, is that does that make that particular scene uh, less attractive to release, more attractive? I just wonder how much, if at all, that plays into it. Well, we've seen a lot of films get re-released over the years, and occasionally they'll throw in an alternate ending. And that always seems to be kind of compelling. But to me, I never, I never put that back into the story I know. I always look at that as extremely alternate and non-canon. So I, and I look at all deleted scenes that way at the end of the day when it comes to Star Wars. In the prequel era, we got a lot of stuff there that I think really helped expand and enhance the story in certain ways. But I think nowadays in this new era of Star Wars, if we get the extra, the bonus material, I think that's what it should be looked at strictly as bonus material and shouldn't be assumed as part of the official story itself. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm excited. I know you're excited. April 1st and April 5th, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, uh, hits uh, Blu-ray and uh, digital download. Uh, Bob Iger didn't stop there. He had more updates, including uh, some information about Rogue One. Again, this is uh, the Walt Disney 2016 annual meeting of shareholders. Bob Iger on Rogue One. Some of you may have caught a quick glimpse at Rogue One in our first video this morning. It is our first original standalone Star Wars story. And it's about a band of rebels that are plotting to steal the plans to the Death Star. Now, the action takes place right before the events in the very first Star Wars movie, Episode 4, which is called A New Hope. And we can't wait for you to see it. It's in theaters this December. I don't have footage yet for that from that. But the film has been shot. A very tepid oh. response. He's like, the film yeah, I was. I don't have footage. And if you notice that Bob yeah. Iger, his 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 timber, his delivery, his cadence, he's 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 very much like the Donald. <laughs> when I hear him, <laughs> we don't have footage, okay, yeah. but it's coming out later this year. And it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. huge. It's huge, it's fantastic. And it's gonna be the greatest guy. movie ever. And then you hear this one guy. I- <laughs> Yeah. Now, there is a rundown uh, about what that footage may have looked like. There was a sizzle reel that was played. And our uh, quoting here, this looks like it's from, where is this from? It's from SlashFilm.com. Ah, from Slash, oh, there it is, from SlashFilm.com. So most of the footage was, uh, quoting here for the article, a very quick, a shot of the black stormtrooper, possibly called Death Troopers, as previously reported. Another pick of that same style of helmet and armor, uh, but all chrome, reminiscent of Captain Phasma. From The Force Awakens, an image showed two ADATs that had a slightly different look with the door panel on the side of the body painted a lighter beige color. And a couple cast photos were shown, one of Felicity and Diego Luna and the other of Donnie Yen. The clip featured Felicity's character on what looked like the inside of a ship or shuttle with her arm up holding on and the hatch slash ramp open behind her. I wish I could remember what was said. It's part of the sizzle, but it went by too fast. The new Stormtroopers looked great uh, it all looked great had a classic star wars new hope look and feel um but there is a story and i'll just mention this uh briefly since we're talking about rogue one but uh this comes by way of moviepilot.com 
And here's what they're saying. A couple months removed from the triumphant return of Star Wars with The Force Awakens. It's become the biggest domestic hit in U.S. history. Last July, news broke the scoop that there would be the presence of what were formerly called Shadow Troopers. So this is uh, being backed up by the, uh, the sizzle reel that was shown at the Investors uh, Summit. So they're basically laying the, the uh, case that they've got the sources that they really, really trust and who have proven to be reliable. And the reason they got to lay that groundwork, because they're, they're positing something pretty remarkable, and that is that Rogue One will feature an entirely digitally recreated Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin in the film. And haven't we heard that it's not going to be just any digital recreation, but this is going to be the most realistic yep. recreation of a human being digitally that's ever been seen. Yeah, on the stage. most expensive rendering ever uh, for a movie. So there's also speculation that Stephen Stanton, good friend of ours here at Rebel Force Radio, is uh, in line to do the voice. And that would make tons of sense, Jim. I mean, his... Not only just his phenomenal work as the voice of Tarkin in the animated uh, shows, uh, but also his incredible work in uh, Life Itself, the Roger Ebert film. And really, I mean, just completely yes. inhabiting the man that it was Roger Ebert and giving him his voice. That was the true magic of that documentary was the fact that you were hearing Roger Ebert's book being read throughout that documentary in Roger's voice. But what makes it so shocking is the fact that when Roger wrote that book, he had already had his jaw removed as a result of a very aggressive cancer. So Roger wasn't able to speak, actually, verbally by the time he had written that book. So what you're hearing is Roger's voice reading words written by Roger at a point in his life when he couldn't speak. Now that's magic. And Stephen Stanton was so unbelievably accurate and authentic in the way he did that presentation. And I say that as a person who actually had worked with Roger Ebert a, a few times in radio. And, um, and also I grew up on Roger, you know, I, I'd listened to his film reviews ever since I was a kid. So I knew what Roger sounded like. Never once during that documentary did I question the authenticity of what I was hearing. And I bought it 150%. And that's why it was such a shame that Life itself was not nominated for Best Documentary in the Oscars this year. Now, don't even get me talking <laughs> about the Oscars this We're year. We're going to talk about the Oscars wow. in a few minutes. But, I'm, but exactly, Stephen Stanton, he's already proven that he can bring voice to the deceased and do so very effectively. And he did, he did it for Roger Ebert in Life itself. And the way he played Tarkin earlier in Season 2 or no, it was in season one of Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, forget about it. No, he's it was amazing. Nail, he's nailing the Peter Cushing right now. So obviously he has to be in line to provide voice oh, for oh. the most advanced CG human being ever to yeah. be presented. Again, nothing official. This is uh, all rumor. But, um, you know, could that be another reason, Jim, why we haven't seen footage? Uh, we know that these this type of uh, effect would probably take a long time. And they do they want to blow us away with that first trailer and have a CG Peter Cushing as Tarkin in it. They want to have Vader. Uh, 
it just um, it, that very well could be why uh, we haven't seen anything. They want to get it right. They want to get it perfect. And, you know, we know that even with Jar Jar Binks, uh, after the, the initial trailer came out, they were still tweaking that and improving it um, right up until the release. So with something this important where we're not talking about an amphibian here, uh, make believe we're talking about a person who lived and breathed and um, there's plenty of reference footage of and all of that. So just incredible. We do have one more clip of Bob Iger. He's uh, this is sort of the uh, potpourri segment about the rest of uh, Star Wars. Now, filming has also begun on Star Wars Episode eight, which is slated for release in December of 2017. And pre-production has already started on the next chapter in the saga, Episode Nine. That's going to be in theaters in 2019. We're going to tuck in another Star Wars movie in 2018. So a lot of Star Wars activity coming up. And next month, we break ground on our first Star Wars theme lands. They will be at Disneyland and at Disney World. And we're creating a truly jaw-dropping new world that's going to transport our guests right into the Star Wars story. And when the new lands open, guests will have an opportunity to pilot the Millennium Falcon. We're also going to take you on a fantastic Star Wars adventure that puts you right in the middle of an epic battle between the First Order and the Resistance. Wow. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And just him going through that rundown of all the films that are coming out in uh, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, just incredible. Incredible. Um, hey, we do want to take a uh, moment here and remind you that the third annual Rebel Force Radio Disney listener meetup is happening Friday, June 10th at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando with all this Disney talk. we got to talk about this. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to ride Star Tours, as Jimmy would say, 500 times. And I'm reading the copy points here, and that includes watching Swank lose his lunch. Yes, that's that's part of the uh, oh. yes. Well, lose my lunch if my eyes are closed. <laughs> Open your eyes this time. Uh, we, we, I can't, I'm I'm so excited. We can, we're gonna ha- I'm gonna have the kids with me. Uh, the wife's gonna be there too. We're gonna have so much fun. Uh, the Star Wars launch bay, uh, the Star Wars fireworks, uh, and then on June 11th on Saturday we're gonna do a live uh, radio broadcast remote uh, from uh, Orlando. Location TBA, but we're going to be close to downtown Disney. Uh, and you'll also be able to watch Swank lose his lunch at that event. Yes, or my wife lose her lunch because I'm doing another podcast. Oh. Just kidding. Um, so plan your trip, uh, your Disney trip with us here at Rebel Force Radio. want to make sure you get on that mailing list. The email address is show at rebelforceradio.com. Just put Disney in the subject line, and we'll make sure that you stay up to date on all the details. Rebel Force You know it, you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes, collect and trade over 1,000 officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 Top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. And of course, you can find exclusive content from the all-time 
U.S. box office champ, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars Card Trader app here at Rebel Force Radio. You can always trade with us here 24-7, 365 days a year. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. It's the Tops Star Wars Card Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. Uh, one more plug here. Where's Kitster? That's right. Well, you heard the origin of Jimmy's Kitster obsession last week on Rebel Force Radio when uh, Brother Billy Mac stopped by. And now to commemorate Kitster uh, is the Where's Kitster t-shirt that's on sale right now at the Rebel Force Radio shop. Go to rebelforceradio.com slash shop and uh, check it out as uh, we say here, say it loud, say it proud in our search for Kitster. One of these days, Jim, we're going to find him. We're going to find Dasani Water. We will. Dasani Water will be found. That is the actor's name, of course. (laughs) Dasani Water played Kitster. And uh, he, oddly enough, was not at all popular on the desert with that name either. You think he would be? You think he'd be the most popular guy in the room, but no. Fetch me Dasani Water. I think everyone was saying that. (laughs) That probably confused the poor lad. But, uh, yeah, the, the kids' obsession. You know, once I got a laugh back in uh, 2000, uh, I figured, what the heck, I'll just keep running with it. <laughs> 16 years later, here we are, folks. Here we are. We're still t-shirt. doing it. A T-shirt. My meme is a T-shirt now. and I should say my. Our meme is a T-shirt. This is, this is a T-shirt for the people, the people who are asking the internal question, where's Kitster? So you can get it now. Just go to rebelforceradio.com, click on the shop tab, and get your Kitster shirt now. There's this whole movement now starting, the where's Kitster movement. This is so wizarding. Where's Kitster? How do you get so lucky? Kitster. Finish the race, of course. Do you know who Kitster is? No. That's all right. Where is Kitster? Where's Kitster? And as we mentioned earlier, of course, the Oscars, the big show... Four hours long, whatever it was. I, I tell you what, Jim, I didn't watch it at all. Um, but I did get a text at the moment when R2, 3PO, and BB-8 uh, were making their appearance. I was really glad I flipped over. I saw that, and uh, I got to echo what our pal Paul Bateman was saying. He's was just jumping up and down. I could just see him over there uh, talking about he felt like he was a kid back in the 70s. You know, when you see R2 and 3PO out of context like that, you know, whether it's the, the, the anti-smoking PSA or, you know, appearances on The Muppet Show or any of that stuff. It's just it's so much fun. And it was like, man, Star Wars is totally back. There they are on stage at the Oscars. And I got to tell you, they were probably the most popular characters or people or what anything on that stage. It was one of the lowest rated Oscars broadcasts in a long, long time. But uh, I just loved watching. I think there was uh, one of the one of the actors. I can't think of his name, but his son was clearly, you know, his quote unquote date. And when they showed three PO and R two coming out there, this kid just uh, uh, it could have been Paul Bateman. I don't know, but this oh, kid just went crazy. That kid was an actor. That oh, kid, he was an actor. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. I I think, he was one of the kids of one of the actors. No, no, no. I think he was in. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Was I that the kid that sees dead people? No, he's not that kid. That kid's grown up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I only see Star Wars and James Bond movies. And but Twilight. I'll tell you what, when the droids came out, it was like the stones came out on stage. Oh, rock stars. 
Actually, stars. we might as well play the audio. We have the audio. All right, here it is. R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8 at the Oscars. R2-D2, this is not the way to our seats. I forgot the ticket. How dare you? The ticket was your job, nitwit. Please don't encourage him, BB-8. Actually, I do not look like him. He happens to look rather like me. Referring to the Oscar icon. Well, oh my, it is John Williams. I always enjoy hearing his music. He is so very talented. For a human, that is. His 50th Oscar nomination tonight, oh my goodness, and he has already won five Oscars for composing. No wonder he has a good seat. Yes, we must find ours at once. Come along, you two. He uh, is quite handsome, I suppose. He's looking at the Oscar. go and in case you're wondering i don't believe that was anthony daniels i don't think it was anthony daniels in the costume nor was it anthony daniels providing the voice well there was something that sounded a little off but i i think that might have something to do with the acoustics in the room i do believe that was anthony daniels voice but uh whether or not that was him on stage uh that's debatable uh, i don't think it was anthony daniels voice. wasn't tweeting anything about it no, so. he was, yeah he was definitely not on stage we know that that was uh the gentleman, we, we, Jim, we talked to, uh, to him not that long ago. And uh, uh, his name is Chris Parsons, I want to say. Yep, I am pretty sure that was Chris Parsons at the Oscars. Um, I don't know if it's been officially announced. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, you were both Googling. Googling our way through the show. Chris Parsons. No, 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 no. It's not Chris Parsons. It's another Chris. Uh, Chris Parsons, oddly enough, played K-3PO and Forlom in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. So I'm so close, yet so far. <laughs> Actually, he did attend the uh, official premiere of Empire Strikes Back as C-3PO. But no, we, we know the guy out in L.A., who uh, dresses up as 3PO and often is involved in official events. Um, but I don't think, I'll, I'll tell you what, here's information about the mystery kid that we saw in the audience. Uh, the young man, Jacob Tremblay, nine year old star of Room. Uh, oh, that explains why I didn't know who the hell he was. According to Mashable, uh, Jacob, uh, you noticed, Jason, that he was really straining to get a good view of the droids on stage. That's because he is a huge Star Wars fan. Jacob loves Star Wars so much that at the Oscars, at the actual ceremony itself, he was wearing Millennium Falcon cufflinks and Darth <laughs> Vader socks. Oh my and he also, uh, he also jumped at the opportunity to get his picture taken with the droids backstage. So uh, Jacob Tremblay... He is our Star Wars fan kid of the week. <laughs> Brought to you by Little Debbie. 
So, <laughs> but, um, so the Oscars, though, you know, of course, uh, Star Wars did get snubbed, Jason. Um, five nominations, and uh, Mad Max Fury Road obviously dominating many of the technical awards because, let's face it, Mad Max Fury Road is a movie unlike any other movie we've really ever seen. It was, a very, it was groundbreaking visually, and it was incredible in its pace and its action. Everything about it was very fresh. And, uh, you know, hats off to George Miller. And now listen, I guys, I'm not, I'm not saying that our crew, our home team didn't deserve these awards and how I was pounding my fist into the wall with every announcement. I don't deny the fact that Mad Max Fury Road was an amazing film. And that's why Star Wars lost out to it in film editing, sound mixing, ouch, which I don't like to hear. And, uh, also in uh, sound editing. Um, Star Wars also lost in the visual effects category to Ex Machina. And original score, John Williams, lost to Hateful Eight composer and legend, Italian film legend, the man who made... What? Yeah. The man himself, Ennio Morricone. I, I think I'm saying his name oh. right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thank okay. you. Teamwork. I love it when we get together <laughs> and uh, jam out. Um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, John Williams lost to him. And, you know, I mean, Star Wars, probably to the stiff shirts that actually are calling the shots over there at the Academy. These guys who've been criticized to death for their lack of progressiveness when it comes to things like diversity. What do we expect from these guys? Of course, they're not going to give Star Wars any credit because they're all like, oh, I've seen it all before. And let's face it. The force awakens is presented in a very retro style. So I think they did retro in a very fresh way. But to those stuffed shirts who are doing all the voting at the Academy, they don't see that. They miss the big picture. But, again, I am not faulting the winners. I think all of these films were great. Hateful Eight, Ex Machina, and especially Mad Max Fury Road, I thought was absolutely brilliant. So I don't fault any of the winners. But, gosh darn it, we want Star Wars to win. We're rooting for the home team here at Rebel Force Radio. And... I saw the outrage on, uh, on your social media feeds, and uh, that spoke volumes, folks. Say it loud, say it proud. Star Wars should always be number one. But um, let's not be blind to the fact that uh, the films that did take the awards were definitely deserving of it. Um, again, what do you expect from the Academy? When have they ever gotten it right? Annie Hall won Best picture in 1977 beating out star wars what do you expect from these yahoos <laughs> well uh by the way the mystery solved i believe the man that played uh that inhabited the suit of c3po for the oscars was simon wilkie and we have spoken to simon before or uh, so uh but uh, i i mean that has not been officially announced um and i Suspect that it's for a lot of reasons, but I I have it on some authority that that was Simon, and I actually think that was Simon's. It, it, you know, for a minute I thought it was Tom Kane doing his 
C-3PO. Tom Kane also has a relationship with the Oscars folks. He's been a, a, um, a, uh, an announcer, the broadcast sure. announcer for many years. So I thought that maybe that was Tom. But that didn't sound like Tom's 3PO. The, the pitch was a little bit too high. But uh, I'd be willing to bet uh, just about anything that that was not Anthony Daniels doing the voice. Hmm, hard to tell. There is something a little off about it, but I just, again, attribute that to the room tone, the ambiance in the room, maybe a little bit of echo, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. I also think Anthony probably would have rewritten all those lines. <laughs> he certainly would. He starts ad-libbing in the middle. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, uh, I, the only thing I would say about the Oscars is I was very disappointed that, that Star Wars didn't get any. Um, I thought in particular uh, John Williams, who, you know, uh, let's face it, you know, Mr. Williams, the maestro is in his 80s. We don't know how many more opportunities that the Academy is going to have to honor him and to bring him sort of uh, full circle and uh, give him perhaps maybe his last uh, Oscar. That was his uh, for Star Wars 50th nomination. Um you know, the guy's got more Oscars, I think, than just about anybody else. I think he's tied for first place in the in the number of Oscars that he's actually won. I think he may actually be the number one in terms of nominations. Um, so he's not crying about it. But, I, you know, I think for a lot of us fans, it would have been nice to see Star Wars walk away with some gold. Yeah. Um, so I think the fact that it was nominated for five awards, and in particular, given the award categories that it was nominated in i think it was a snub i think it was a snub it feels that way and it also feels like the film was never really given a proper amount of time to develop a real solid buzz amongst the academy voters who had already determined months prior that they were going to vote for mad max and again the mad max film is groundbreaking. It is visually stunning and unlike any other movie I've ever seen. But does that make it better than The Walls? No. no. I, don't, I don't see kids running around playing with Mad Max Uh-oh. action figures. So. Of course not. So, and that's, the, you know, that is just the widening gap between uh, mainstream film goers and the Oscars. You know, it's become, it's, it's, you know, once upon a time, the movies that were nominated for the Oscars were movies that people actually went to go see. Yes. That is not the case anymore. No. Show of hands. Who's seen Room in this room? Uh-huh. Thoughts? Yeah. Oh, thoughts? And it may be a great film. This is not me saying that it's not a great film. I'm just observing that the reason that people haven't been tuning into the Oscars uh, like they had in the past is because they can't relate to it. They can't relate to it. So, um, you know, I, th- I think they need more categories, quite honestly. I think it would be great to see them do... Um, Best drama, you know, like the Golden Globes do, you know, a best drama, a best musical or comedy, uh, maybe even a best sci fi or fantasy film. And I think you would start to see more people tuning in to see the films that they love and uh, that are special to them honored. So uh, at any rate, we're not going to solve that problem. I do want to um, take a time out and talk about our Patreon uh, efforts and uh, my gosh, you guys have been just amazing. Uh, we've got more and more uh, patrons coming on every day through our uh, Patreon campaign. That's at patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio. And uh, we had our first Google, I should say you, Jim, had your first yeah. Google Hangout last Saturday. And I was unfortunately 
unable to make it. I was I had it scheduled, but we ran into a little bit of uh, uh, Eastern time versus Central time confusion and uh, wasn't able to make it. But uh, I know you had a good time and you and Tyler, the intern, were uh, hanging with some uh, Rebel Force radio listeners. Yeah, we were there with a, a few great guys. And uh, what's cool about the Google Hangouts is that I used it as an opportunity to pick the minds of the, the Rebel Force Radio listener, find out where they listen to the show, how they listen to the show, uh, what they do when they're listening to Rebel Force Radio. For some reason, that kind of uh, it interests me in almost a deviant kind of way. But <laughs> I, I want to know what people are doing, you yeah. know. But it's just kind of fun to get that feedback, and we had a great time. We talked for quite a while, me and the guys, and uh, what was really nice was I was able to pick their minds for some good questions to ask Dave Filoni next time we have him on the show. We are going to be talking to Dave Filoni following the season two finale of Star Wars Rebels. So, uh, of course, and you know, you guys listening, uh, feel free to send us an email if you have a question for Dave or post it up on social media. We'll see it. But quite honestly, you know, I'm giving our Patreon patrons top shot at uh, any questions for Dave Filoni. And we sort of did some pre-show research there, some interview research during the Google Hangout. It was a huge success. I had so much fun. I'm counting down the days till the next one. We're only going to do a monthly, but uh, yikes, I had so much fun. I want to do it more often. Than yeah, that. I'll be there the next time. Yes, and I know you will be. Uh, Tyler, the intern, was there. He was moderating the, the thing and uh, uh, jumping in with a lot of EU love, uh, either uh, solicited or not. And <laughs> well, maybe I'm not so uh, upset that I missed it then. Hey, I, you know gotta, what? Got to rein that in, Tyler. No, it's all right. Yeah, hey, I'm down with some good expanded universe uh, discussion. I, I must have read at least ninety percent of what was out there, but uh, you, you know, you never know where the conversation will go. And yeah, it's uh, real free form and casual, right? Free, free form. It was, it was good. It was good. And the guys got me, you know. Uh, Speaking a lot of truths about a lot of things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but uh, we we had so much fun. So that's that's something that you can achieve if, if you become a Patreon patron of Rebel Force Radio. You can unlock, you can get the key to enter a Google Hangout with Jason and myself, and we're going to be doing them and Tyler. And Tyler too. You know why not? Let's use that as a selling point. Sure. All you Tyler heads out there, right? <laughs> there are a few. There are a few out there, well, you know, and they're and they're growing. Uh, Everybody loves the intern. intern. So, yeah. uh, but that's not it. I mean, we in addition to the Google Hangout, which is available now, if you are uh, are a uh, patron at a particular level, we've got um, some goals that are uh, coming, and uh, one that is uh, it's on its way. It's going to happen, I believe. The YouTube series, Jimmy Max Star Wars Room. That's and right. That'll be a tour of uh, the infamous Star Wars room, <laughs> including the futon that I sleep on. Oh, God, the futon ended up on the parkway and uh, some junker picked it up. And yeah, we've had Jason, you've been sleeping on. Uh, wait, 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 what? Yeah, you've been sleeping on a quality sofa the last few visits. Uh, you may not have noticed, but there's been a serious upgrade on the. The sofa there in the Star Wars. Well, it's room. under maybe- all the Star Wars bed sheets. I can't tell what's under there. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll actually even do an episode of the YouTube series, and we'll talk about the sofa. I think a lot of people will be very interested in that, to know uh, about all the uh, many uh, celebrity and newsmaker Star Wars personalities whose butts have graced that sofa <laughs> over the years. The stories I could tell. Uh, 
so that's coming up. And we also have uh, two projects that we're really excited about, uh, including Rebel Force Radio fan theories. And as I said uh, last week, this is just this is a new age. It's a golden age of fan theories with uh, so many mysteries uh, put back into Star Wars. So uh, this is a great time to submit your fan theory. Could be Rebels, could be Force Awakens, could be Episode Eight, Rogue One. It doesn't matter if it's Star Wars. We want to hear it and discuss it. And if uh, we reach our goal, we'll be doing that show um, in addition to the lineup that you're already familiar with. But fan theories, we'll talk about what your fan theories are. Uh, yeah. It's kind of, you know, it kind of reminds me of when we had the, uh, um, the, 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 the spoiler segments. Remember, we do the 50-minute spoilers and we'd call Poodoo or say the Force is strong. We might do that with your fan theories. But the brilliant thing about this is that if you're a Patreon patron, you'll be able to determine what we're talking about. And you also have opportunities to jump in and join us on uh, specific episodes of RFR Fan Theories. We're also looking at uh, doing a recap, a, a, a look back, a retrospective of uh, one of our all-time favorite television shows, Star Wars The Clone Wars, with Clone Wars Revisited. When we uh, unlock that goal, we'll be revisiting episodes and arcs of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And we'll do it a couple times a month. And uh, we'll go back and we'll listen to what we had to say about it then and uh, discuss how our opinions of those stories may have changed over the years. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Jason, should we go? Somebody asked me, what order will you be going in? Mm. And uh, I, I responded, reverse alphabetical. <laughs> but I, I don't That's think- a great question. I, I don't know that. I mean, w- one of the things we definitely discussed is that we wouldn't go episode by episode. Again, we would go back and we would look at these in terms of arcs. And right. uh, now, if there were standalone episodes uh, that really, you know, uh, lend themselves to uh, a revisit and a discussion, we will we'll do that. Uh, but for the most part, these will be looking at the major arcs. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that we're going to have necessarily a a strategic order as much as maybe just kind of what 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 excites us, what's relevant given the landscape of Star Wars fandom and what's happening in the Star Wars universe at the time. I don't know that I want to box us in. I think we'll kind of, you know, obviously Mortis is going to be at the top of the list, things like that. Um, you know, you look at uh, the um, uh, uh, reintroduction of Cham Sindola into with, with Rebels. I mean, that would have been an opportunity to go back and look at the Ryloth uh, yeah. arc. Uh, so I think we're going to keep it... Um, we're going to try to keep it uh, relevant to what we're talking about, you know, in the Star Wars universe currently. And Poison Snapple, of course. <laughs> we're forgetting that. Yeah, we're not going to be not just our favorite uh, arcs. We're going to go back and revisit the ones, you know, that we aren't so fond of. And as I said at the top of the show, my daughter is really getting into uh, Clone Wars. So I'll be I'll definitely be uh, ready to go back and, and retackle some of these. She did say to me, she said, Daddy, do you think I can be on your podcast again? I said, eh, maybe we'll work that out. Maybe we'll work that out. <laughs> Have your people talk to my people. Yeah, right, right, right. So, well, uh, yeah, yeah, we got the Google Hangouts. We have um, uh, the, the Fan Theory Show revisited, Jimmy Mac, Star Wars Room, all that stuff. Um, also, uh, these milestone goal shows, when we finally get them, uh, Patreon patrons are going to get early access to those. And uh, as Jimmy mentioned, even a chance to be a guest on the theories show. So, uh, Jim, how do they how do they do this? 
Well, it's really simple. All you have to do is become a patron on Patreon and support Rebel Force Radio. Visit rebelforceradio.com, click on the Patreon banner, or go to patreon.com slash rebelforceradio, and you're in. We have to unlock these shows. We need your help, and I'm dying to do them. So, uh, so uh, you know, pause for the cause. Say it loud, say it proud, and support Rebel Force Radio. You must contact me. Play back the entire message. What message? Message, Doctor. The message. The Emperor commands you to make contact with you. It's a trick. Send no reply. All right. In light of our interview with uh, the stormtrooper who banged his head, um, we have received a lot of email and a lot of voicemails from those of you who are pointing out that you're not quite sure that we got it right, uh, that the line see to him uh, was about the stormtrooper who uh, hit his head instead of the stormtroopers that were laying on the on the floor. Uh, So this comes from Stephen. This was from the Rebel Force Radio. Was this on the Facebook page? Um, it looks yes. like it was Facebook yes. page. Yes, it was. Is, you know, Jason, the reason why I, I couldn't tell you an answer right away is because you're right. You've seen all the messages that we've been getting. Oh, a lot it's all of over people, the place. A lot of people are going to share the sentiment you're about ready to reveal. Yeah, from Stephen, he says, I was just listening to the latest episode where you were talking about the line from the Stormtrooper saying, See to him towards Lori after banging his head. I'm positive I always heard this line and always thought they were referring to the bodies of the dead officers in the control room that Han killed earlier. Maybe they thought they were unconscious and not dead at first glance. Uh, thanks in regards, Stephen. So uh, it, it may be. It may be. But prove it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just prove it. Here, yeah. you know, we, we have broken this down very scientifically to make note of the fact that that stormtrooper hitting his head on the door was always part of the story. And when that stormtrooper says, see to him, here's my argument with that. See to who? There were several troopers and officers laid out on that floor. So wouldn't he say, see to them? No, he's looking back saying, see to him, meaning uh, doofus, clumsy McTrooper boy who just jammed his head into the wall. Right. See to this guy. See like to him. Like, like, take him out back and shoot him in the... So that's what I'm, I'm thinking. He would say, see to them. Sure. Look at all of our comrades lying about. See to them. Take over. See to him. Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Take over. See to him. Yeah, right. It's very clear. See to him. So this is RFR canon. <laughs> and also, we have a song. So that's what makes it even more legit. Greetings from Colorful Colorado. Um, this is Hannah here, and I was just calling because you guys have been talking about the stormtrooper that hit his head and the dialogue in there that says, where the stormtrooper says, see to him. 
I always thought that that was in reference to Mr. Paul Treatham, you know, the uh, imperial officer who says, TK-421, why aren't you at your post? TK-421, do you copy? I always thought that the guy saying you see to him was in reference to Paul Treatham who had a, you know, the lights knocked out of him by Chewbacca earlier. So it's funny that maybe they had known that it was the stormtrooper that hit his head the whole time. But like I said, I always thought it was Paul Treatham. Uh, anyway, thanks for the show, you guys. Love what y'all do. Always a great, great, great listen. And uh, thanks, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for having an open mind. Right? <laughs> she's saying, hey, I always thought it was this way, but maybe it's this way. See, well, she's seeing it the specific, when she says see to him, it's the uh, stormtrooper with the uh, the sideburns. Right. No, the imperial I, officer with the sideburns. Yes, Officer Paul Treatham, mm-hmm. which I never knew that was his name. Yeah, from the from the law firm Beat'em, Treatham, and How. <laughs> Ouch. So you want to do one more voicemail? You want? Uh, let's do. Let's 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 talk about Dorkside. How about that? Let's do that. Our friends at Dorkside Toys. Uh, you know what? Big big toy fair just a few weeks ago, and following that, Dorkside has a huge new selection of pre-orders up for brand new Funko Pop. If you're into the Funko Pop, this is high times for you. Uh, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Express. Uh, Pop Rides, the Funko Pop Glow in the Dark, uh, Atomic Breath Godzilla. Dave Filoni's going to be wanting that. Or 11 awesome new Star Wars Force Awakens Pop vinyls. So all the brand new Funko Pop tees are also in stock. The Walking Dead sale is still on with up to 40% off. Uh, all in stock action figures, statues, vehicles, play sets, and tons of cool pop vinyl. Uh, but this will end soon, so don't delay. you got to grab that bargain now. And as usual, in stock items and pre-orders including cases and waves of three and three-quarter inch and six-inch Star Wars action figures available uh, at Dorkside. And I got to tell you, I got finally got my three and three-quarter inch scale Han Solo from The Force Awakens, not because of Target, not because of Walmart, not because of Toys R Us, but because of Dorkside Toys. So love those guys. Check them out. Go to rebelforceradio.com. Click on the Dorkside banner. They'll know you came by way of us here at Rebel Force Radio, and we thank them so much of their support of us here at RFR. Hey, this is Kelly from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just want to talk about this season of Rebels, specifically the second half. I think it's honestly maybe the best Star Wars television we've seen. I mean, Inquisitors used to be Temple Guards. Ahsoka and Yoda finally talked to each other, or not talk, but wave at each other. Ezra's abilities with animals. The lore, just the lore alone is amazing. I just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Thanks. He's blown away. <laughs> he is blown away. Well, we'll be talking a lot about it on, uh, of course, Rebels Declassified. You can listen to it. Uh, but, Jim, yeah, I think that, um, you know, that Rebels has uh, uh, certainly paved some new ground, some new territory with this latest episode where we learned that the uh, Grand Inquisitor was at one time a Jedi Knight. He, as a uh, temple guard in a, in a Force vision, Knights officially, Kanan Jarrus. So Kanan is now a Jedi Knight. Uh, so a lot, lot happened. We saw Yoda. We we did just hear Yoda. Now we see Yoda. Part of me wishes we hadn't actually, because uh, I'm still not used to the way Yoda appears in in uh, in Rebels. But I love the content. Love what he was saying, uh, and uh, more about Ezra and his potential uh, dark side tendencies. So, yeah, I agree. Lots of really great stuff going on with Rebels, not to mention Darth Vader. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Voiced by James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, of course, Rebels is really ramping it up here as we uh, get into the uh, final weeks of the season. And join us for Star Wars Rebels Declassified. It'll be coming to your RSS feed for RFR. Oh, gosh. Monday. Look for it on Monday, and uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about with uh, Spencer Brinkerhoff the third, and Star Wars author Adam Bray joining us. So it's going to be an amazing conversation. Can't wait to do it. Can't wait for you to hear it. That's going to wrap things up here for Rebel Force Radio this week. A big thanks to our sponsors at Loot Crate, LootCrate.com, Little Debbie Snack Cakes, our friends at Tops, and Dorkside Toys. If you'd like to play with us in between shows and stay up to date and in touch with us, you can do so. Show at RebelForceRadio.com is the email address. That voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-3201-RFR. We're also available on Twitter at RebelForceRadio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Check out the Facebook pages, uh, the official Facebook page for Rebel Force Radio, as well as the group page. As Jim said, really, really great group of people. I don't know how many comments we get from people saying, you know what, I have... Ducked out just about every other Star Wars group online. Everybody gets so ticked off at each other and they're so uncivil. But this, this is great. We can have fun. We can speculate. We can throw out theories and everybody's supportive of each other and nice. And uh, it's just fantastic. I couldn't be more proud to be associated with. We, we, We know we have the best listeners in the world. The best listeners in the world. And they're the best brand of Star Wars fans. I can tell you that. Um, you can also find Rebel Force Radio, of course, streaming online at WGNplus.com. Uh, you can catch us on uh, the Stitcher app. We're also on SoundCloud. Just about anywhere else you can find podcasts, including iTunes. It's a great place to subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio. Just one rule on those reviews, please. Make it good. And Rebel Force Radio is a friend of Wikipedia. The ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia can be found at wikipedia.com. You can also find us weekly at jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, and the official Star Wars website, starwars.com. Streaming also just about each and every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at srsounds.com. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you always.